Terry Savage, terrysavage.com. She is the person we talk to, we reach out to for everything to do with money and finances. And Terry, here's my question. Isn't it true that a couple banks in the U.S. fail every single year? And if that is true, then why was there so much coverage on this one? we haven't had a may with some banks fail and get merged and it all happens very quietly and the shareholders of the bank lose their equity the people that built the bank and own the bank and if it's a public company they're shareholders and they they just you know it's like any company that goes out of business you could it could go to zero but typically most of the depositors are insured and it's not a big deal the last major bank uh, failure was in 2008 in the middle of at the end of that whole savings and loan crisis where a whole bunch of them failed and we always think by the way lisa that banks fail because they made bad loans like the s you know those mortgages back in the early 2000s and that caused those failures or the savings and loan crisis where they you know they made terrible loans to you know, golf courses and stuff like that, not homes. But this time, this bank had some special things. Number one, they didn't make bad loans. They invested in 10-year treasury securities, bonds, mortgage-backed securities, federal securities, which are perfectly safe, except for, remember how we all learned last year? Your 401k went down, you lost money in stocks, but you also lost money in bonds because bond prices fall when interest rates go up makes sense. You can hold it to maturity in eight or nine years. And the government in this case, and these bonds will give you back your money. But in the meantime, anybody with $1,000 cash doesn't want to buy your old 2% bond and give you $1,000. They'd rather buy a new 4% bond, which was what was going on the last year and a half. So, but anyway, the bank wasn't planning to sell those bonds. They're going to let them mature in eight, nine years after they bought them. But when people started taking deposits out, they said, wait, we need cash. We'll sell some bonds. Oops, we're taking a loss. And that's a public matter, and everybody got scared. And the other half of this is those deposits, very unusual. The deposits in your bank, 75 85% are under the $250,000 insured limit. 80% of the deposits in Silicon Valley Bank were huge, well over 250000 When they started taking their money out, and the bank had to sell stuff at a loss. It became a contagious panic over that last end of the week last week. And over the weekend, the Fed said, we'll get someone to buy them, like we always do when the bank's not doing so well. We'll get someone to take them over. And they looked around, and everybody said, hey, we don't want that bank. It's got a portfolio of bonds. Great, U.S. government bonds, not a bad credit, but they're worth 70% of what the face value is. And we, they typically, a buyer wants the great deposit base. But their deposit base was all this, quote, smart money venture capitalists who had already fled or were dying to get out. So there was nothing left to buy. So they had to come up with this unusual and potentially very inflationary strategy of the Fed will take your bonds at full face value and give you money if you're a bank and you need this prop, you have this problem or similar problem. And we're going to have the FDIC. Uh, put a fee on all the banks, and don't worry about it, everybody. It's like Oprah, you know, you get a car, yeah. you get a car. It's like you've got a deposit, you're insured. you got a $270,000 deposit, you're insured. you got a $10 million deposit, you're insured. They insured everybody in this bank, and by by implication, they insured all deposits, even over the $250,000 level. They didn't say it. and um, And so they stopped the panic, and now... 
we had a consumer price index report today that said inflation's moderating a bit, but it's not gone away. And you've got a Fed chairman, and here's the bottom line of the story, who's got a big problem now. He's supposed to be fighting inflation. He just did something pretty inflationary, if you look at it. He just said, you can have all the money you want, banks. We're not letting you go under. And is he going to raise interest rates week after, next week when they meet again, or is he not? Is he fighting inflation, or is he not? And these are interesting times. And Absolutely. that's the end of the story. Almost. Terry, maybe not in the court of law or when it comes to finance or regulations, but in the court of public opinion, the CEO of that bank pulling his investments out 11 days before the bank goes under certainly makes him look very guilty of something that most people don't appreciate. I agree. Uh, It makes him look guilty of knowing that his deposit base was getting antsy. And and that happened not, by the way, because of him or what he did. It was the the higher rates were beginning to work. And remember, we've seen all those tech layoffs and money wasn't flowing into tech companies. So they had money in the bank and they needed it to use it to do stuff. Money wasn't just growing on trees anymore. And so that CEO was very intuitive about knowing deposits could disappear, knowing full well that his balance sheet had a problem because the bonds that are listed at face value, and they were, because they were planning to hold him forever. If he had to sell him, he was going to take a loss. And yeah, it. I, I would think someone will claw back the proceeds of those sales made, at least earlier this year. Terry Savage is with us. You can always find her at terrysavage.com. She gives you the savage truth. She's the money lady. And talk to us about what is happening with Social Security and the horror stories that are emerging. This is an amazing thing. It started with an email I received that I described in a column. It's up there at terrysavage.com, but basically an elderly widow who'd had heart bypass surgery and Social Security said, you owe us $78,000. And she has quite a story. And I posted it in a column. And then all of a sudden, more stories. So I'm working with famed economist Larry Kotlikoff, who wrote the book, who created MaximizeMySocialSecurity.com, the website, who co-authored the book, Get What's Yours from Social Security. He knows, I mean, I, I must send him an email every day at least saying, how do I answer this? He knows everything. And we've decided that we're going to collect these stories, horrible stories about Social Security making mistakes in calculating benefits. And then when people are older and retired and living on their checks, saying, oh, sorry, we're not going to send you any more money because we made a mistake and we overpaid you for the last 11 years. And um, so we're going to stop sending you benefits. They're, they're powerful. And we're going to try and bring this to the attention of Congress and to the Treasury Secretary. So we are collecting, and I'm. it's been turned into a full-time job, Social Security Horror Stories. If you want to send me yours, either post it on my Ask Terry blog at terrysavage.com. I won't post them publicly. What I am doing is editing them or we're creating a place where we will post them. We need your first name and your last name, your phone number in case we have to contact you, and we will only post the relevant parts of your story. But we've already got, I've got about 20 that I've put together. And when we go public with this, we hope Social Security will get some pushback from Congress you're terrorizing little old ladies. And you better hire a whole team angry. of interns, Terry. You're gonna, because That's what you I need. The yeah, stories need are going to start pouring in. Well, you know, I looked, I called Social Security and said, well, we don't break out how much. Listen to this, Lisa. I called Social Security and I, 
I, you know, I finally got someone to call me back, and I said, I'm writing this column. Well, they sent me their 182-page annual report and said, we don't break out exactly what what we are trying to reclaim from people. But I went through the their balance sheet. I know how to do that stuff. And I looked at the footnotes, and it's like $1.6 billion wow. that they're in the process of clawing back from Social Security recipients because of their mistakes, overpayments that Social Security made. It's going to be a lot of people. I'm, I'm, right. I'm worried about being overwhelmed by this, but I'm yeah. going to keep at it. I think you're going to get a lot of stories. So share your story. Share your story about Social Security asking you for money back because they overpaid you. Heck, they don't ask for you to pay it back. They just don't give you any more money. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Or they'll say, well, you can pay back $25 a month if you're really poor. But there's there's really literally no appeal. That's crazy. Okay, TerrySavage.com. Go to her blog, Ask Terry. Thank you so much for checking in today. Thanks, Lisa.